0: This is a reinterpretation of a Swedish folk story that was originally translated by Anna Wallenberg. I, James, have taken the time to reorganize this in a way that seems to make more sense for me. This is not a comment on the original work, just an adaptation. That being said, a lot of the themes and concepts in this intro are not representative of the Uncharted North Network and how we personally feel. It just was part of the story to keep it in, and it felt uh, disrespectful to remove it. Part 3 Soon after he left the cover of the brush, Lars sped past his brother, who called after him. Only 30 minutes left, Lars! Don't mess it up! Hunched low to his saddle, Lars pushed his steed, and he barely heard his brother as he rode past. Lars kept riding as if something was chasing him, because he believed there was. Out of the corner of his eyes, Lars could see something lumbering behind him. Something big and grayish. But whenever he turned around, he only saw the empty path. Soon Lars passed his father, who too called to him, with all of the fatherly encouragement he could muster for his son. "'You'll never make it. Now you will lose her. I told you to be on time. Hurry now!' because Lars definitely needed this kind of fatherly critique at this particular moment. He kept pushing his horse, urging it faster, and soon it took off. The horse left the ground and began to fly. With only a single minute left, Lars reached Lisa's house, but the horse flew over the gate and right through the side of the building. With a sweet action movie-style tuck-and-roll, Lars quickly recovered from the crash. His hair tussled. His new leather jacket ripped, but he made it. He made it, and his love Lisa ran right into his arms. Lars pulled her tight with a smile. Everyone rejoiced that Lars was on time, including Lisa's father, who was shocked, but satisfied, as he knew his daughter truly loved this tardy man. And since that day, Lars has never been late again. Even on days where he started his journey very, very, very late, he would always make it on time. No one knew how Lars managed to ride so fast, but Lars knew whose doing it was. Hey there, creatures, and welcome to Encounter This. A podcast exploration of the creatures from Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the lore that surrounds them. Hello there creatures and welcome back to another episode of Encounter This. Today is part 3 of Troll Vember, subtitled Hybrid Theories. <laughs> Not really sure why, but the word hybrid now always reminds me of Underworld. Uh, I am your host, James Bartholomew J. Troll, and leading the pack this week is Freeman Cohen the Barbarian. And we're going to be taking a look at a bunch of stuff today, starting with Bloodlord's Adventure Path, Book One, and Bestiary Two, page 266 through
1: 268 that is a lot of physical
0: movement in that one there, there
1: <laughs> instead of interrupting you with weird quips and laughter and sounds i thought i'd go for more of a visual approach <laughs> doing your best red skeleton over there yeah it'll make for great audio on the podcast feed oh yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> yes troll member part three let's talk more trolls because there are more trolls and that's literally why we're doing it um the, uh, this is a bit of a different suite of trolls in a way. Uh, the, I mean, the first one we had some classic ones with great, nice variations. Part two was kind of beefed up normal trolls and one kind of offshoot. This one, we're going to get into like th- kind of effectively four different creatures, but three really properly different kind of approaches. Um, and, uh, they're all kind of loosely related to each other. And, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of, uh, experimentation. Uh, it's oh. French listeners for experiments,
0: patients, <laughs> <laughs> pop culture lore, this episode, so hold on to your books. Oh yes, of
1: course. We're going, we're going to be doing some, a, a, a tremendous amount of pop culture as far as I, as far as like, you know, but the document reads, <laughs> um, yeah, I can probably breeze through it in about 20 minutes. That's cool. That's cool. Um, but let's get started with something called, and yeah, this is coming from an, uh, an AP, so spoilers, Blood Lords. Uh, but it's early on, and uh, something called a tombstone troll. Uh, there you go. <laughs> it's a little bit cartoony, but it is kind of a weirdly grotesque creature. They sort of resemble their former selves, but uh, are sort of a mockery at the same time. They're small creatures. They are bloated from starvation and have a very sickly appearance. Their teeth and fingernails and hair are falling out from rot, and then regenerate every few days in like an endless cycle, which is apparently very painful and very sickening to observe. Um, Now, how did they come to be this way? Uh, It is because when life-threatening wounds caused by necromantic or negative energies, uh, now referred to in the remaster as void energy, uh, these energies become intertwined with the regenerative abilities of trolls, and then it somehow becomes a literal part of their physiology. This thing that should have killed them becomes a part of them. Uh, they are oh. not undead, however. But the energy inside is constantly eating at their body and their soul, which causes them to shrink down and become these, like, sickly things. Um, okay. Oh. I, yeah. I did
0: not expect that at all.
1: Right? <laughs> but I guess when you find yourself in the land of uh, of undead and uh, with probably lots of necromantic and, and negative and void energies, uh, these sorts of things be happening. Um, and uh, these trolls are basically despised by all of the trolls. They're shunned. And uh, if a troll does come across, a tombstone troll, it uh, takes a moment... To pity them and then quickly uh reverts to disgust and goes in for the kill and just just slaughters them <laughs> oh my god why not <laughs> that's what <laughs> there. <troll do. laughs> yeah it's like oh that that's that sucks for you dead um no big deal so um but then that being said uh it's, it's not a very common occurrence because tombstone trolls also shun confrontation of all kinds like they don't want to fight which is very different from the norm uh the fact they actually get their name because they have a habit of digging up graves for an easy meal that can't fight back um oh. which is actually kind of funny because it's uh occasionally problematic because grave robbing does tend to sometimes rise the dead <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and they sometimes attack uh, but it's it's their best middle ground at the end of the day <laughs> it's the grave rob for their meals right
0: you go for dinner um, and you so, accidentally create a specter somehow.
1: Yeah, exactly. Imagine so that they every are, uh, time you went for Thai
0: food, you created a ghost.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, the, um, I mean, every time I go for pho and I get extra spicy, I make a kind of a ghost of myself. After. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: I think that's more giving up the ghost.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... Um, yeah, so uh, so these creatures basically they will they will burrow and stay underground for like days at a time. Uh, and they dig their way up just to eat another corpse and then back down to safety. But they have that constant hunger because it needs to be like uh, they kind of need to feed the regeneration because they're constantly being gnawed at by this uh, this negative energy. Um, if the food runs out, they'll travel uh, to find new feeding grounds at night to avoid being spotted, preferably landing in another graveyard. Uh, if they travel, it becomes too long and the hunger becomes too great. However, uh, that's when they will attack the living, but only in desperate uh, de- desperate moments, acts of desperation, basically.
0: Okay. Um, um, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just, just to confirm, their hunger is greater than regular trolls because of
1: the negative energy flowing through them? Is that uh, what I'm picking up on here? I think it's more of a... I don't think it's want to call it greater so much as it is a need, uh, much more of a need for survival. So I think that negative energy is like really impacting them. So they're they're going to die naturally very quickly. Um, So they have to feed to stay alive, um, which sounds like a redundant sentence, but it's for different reasons than the usual, right? Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It sounds
0: like what you're talking about here is more like – like cellular regeneration brought on by feeding as opposed to feeding because you're hungry as hell.
1: Yeah. I mean, there is something to be said about trolls like needing to fuel the, their regenerative abilities, right? And that does come up a little bit later too. But um, but yeah, this one's even further than that. They have to counteract the thing that's kind of destroying it from the inside on top of it. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And we should say so, for the
0: audio listeners, this looks like a shrunken down green troll it it do it does still hold on to some of those porcine features like the snoot mm-hmm. and um it's got some pointy ears but it also clearly has like like i want to say boils on its arm or like yeah like rotted flesh
1: uh
0: that's painted sort of blisters for or some something. reason
1: yeah uh yeah i don't know they are their work leaves a little bit to to be desired i think in this case it's just like yeah. not as visceral as the others um, I would
0: not pick this up as like a grave troll if you pointed this to me. I thought right. when I was putting loading these images into OBS, I thought this was a mistake and this was a variant art for the green troll. So I went and looked at it.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so, uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's fine. Uh, I have one last little fact for uh, this creature, and it's kind of messed up. And it's connected to the fact that they do want to survive, um, but they, uh, they sort of have a, a way of breeding. Um, which is by stealing infant trolls. They steal infant trolls and then they nearly kill them. And then they expose them to their own grave breath ability and hope that the energy takes hold in the victim, so just like it did to them. Uh, and then they have new baby tombstone trolls. Okay. <laughs> that's, and uh, so my last one of that like is Detronation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it's, yeah,
1: yeah, like holy crap! <laughs> definitely. I'm not really sure like why they want more.
0: Into a cult than yeah. reproduction.
1: It's just exactly because it's like you know, uh, more of them means less food for an individual. Um, also, I guess they they are actively and intelligently trying to push the same kind of not curse, but you know, issue upon a new th- I don't understand the motivation behind it, but there it is. That's how they do it. <laughs> so Yeah. Um
0: if I had yeah, to it's guess, a weird it's one like a childish motivation. It's one of those uh if I can't mm-hmm. have it nobody can or I don't want to be alone kind of thing or, or spread my pain. Right. You yeah. Know, like a a low company mentality. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just as simple as that. Um kill them killed him with fire let's talk about the <laughs> troll hound <laughs> let's talk about right. the troll hound which i feel like there's a part of me it feels like you're ex- you're gonna be excited for the troll hound i don't know why like i, I feel like you gravitate towards hound creatures in some capacity <laughs> but um yeah uh that's the I, troll I, hound I, uh, I like
0: the idea of dogs more than i like the concept of dogs you know like i always want <laughs> the, a dog the, the and then of, i think yeah. about the work that's involved in it and I always, oh yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why i gravitate toward yeah. these creatures yeah that's fair um so uh as you can imagine especially by this artwork uh squat bulky and basically a troll were it in canine form uh it's pretty yeah. straightforward uh, for
0: audio listeners this looks like a green boiled key ma- key master
1: <laughs> it really does uh, you'll you will notice however they are covered in weeping sores which is a lovely, lovely thing. Um, uh, And that's because they carry a very awful contagion known as blood fire fever, um, which uh, causes any who contract it to feel a deep burning pain as if their blood were on fire. Uh, (laughs) You could also expect uh, other symptoms such as loss of muscle coordination, pus-filled blisters, and major fatigue. Uh, (laughs) Despite uh, the uh, the trollhound looks, the them and like actual other trollkin are immune to the major effects of the affliction, so it has got the okay. it's got the old blisters there, but everything else not really bothering it. So,
0: uh, I mean, those blisters are enough, I think. Like, yeah, I mean, kind of sounds like it's, it Just sh- it's just a dog sh- that sh- just is a carrier of leprosy.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> that's basically it. Wow. Um, so the first trollhounds uh, were actually an unexpected result of an experiment. And uh, where wargs were alchemically uh, injected or whatever with um, troll blood, alchemically prepared troll, troll blood. The hope, for some reason, was to create create an ooze with regenerative properties. I'm not sure where warg comes in for ooze, but that was apparently the attempt. Um, but of course, uh, most of the wargs died, and those who survived. Uh, had a really funny trade. They lost their cunning and replaced it with the uh, famous troll appetite and regenerative ability. So <laughs> I think it was a lose-lose on that experiment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: It doesn't feel like a win for anybody involved.
1: No, not really. Well, except for sort of other trolls because they have an instinctual bond uh with uh troll hounds. So they have okay. managed to very successfully domesticate, train and even befriend them as pets. And um it's pretty much the perfect fit for a troll and no one else because others have had very little luck, um, mostly because everything is stacked against them. Disease, ravenous hunger. uh, That's never really properly sated and a quick to bite temperament. Uh, Trolls are basically built to uh, deal with this creature (laughs) and that's about it. Uh, So um, vicious with that in mind, they obviously work together well uh, should they go hunting And uh, the trolls are basically pretty fearless or the troll hounds are pretty fearless Um, and they have a great sense of smell for tracking and they are uh, they have the greatest motivator in the world constant constant hunger. So uh, they basically will eat constantly in order to maintain their metabolism, uh, which is required for the regeneration so there's that little bit built right into the lore. And, uh, but they are dumb enough that not even fire gives them pause when they're attacking their quarry because they don't understand the, the danger that it actually presents to them. And, um, but it is no less dangerous to a troll hound and their regenerabilities are no less powerful than a troll's. So, you know, they, these, these things are, can be pretty wicked. Um, and they're going to be a little more, a little more exacting ever so slightly more exacting than a troll. Uh, the fire just won't, won't scare them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, these things are wild. Um, mm. I, I actually really like all the lore you've presented so far, both this and the Grave Troll. I think they're both very interesting additions to Pretty the neat. family. Yeah. And I guess I should clarify for uh, a few of those audio listeners. Um, the the Keymaker is the the demon dog from Ghostbusters. I keep mm. trying to figure out what else this uh, this looks like, like what else I can relate it to. Yeah, and I can't like it legitimately <laughs> just looks like one of the devil. It really does. Ghostbusters. Yeah, like spray sure. painted green.
1: Yeah, um, basically. Yeah, like I got gra- graffitied.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So check out the YouTube video or uh, if, if your men- memory fails you or just Google Ghostbusters. Um, key Is it the key master and the gatekeeper?
1: Something like that. Yeah, it's been oh. a been a hot minute for me. Yeah, um, I'm sure you'll find it soon fast enough, though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So one e offered a little bit. Uh, there was no one e stuff for tombstone trolls because it's a brand new creature for for two e. One e offered a little bit more, just uh, or pretty much the same stuff, but our typical physical measurements. So you can expect them to be about four feet tall at the shoulder and about three hundred fifty pounds. So they they're big boys, and their skin is kind of scaly, patchy, greenish black fur, oversized jaws with nice prominent underbite, and uh, eyes that are quote dull and hateful orange. Um which I kind of liked, I guess. Uh, We have a 1E uh, troll artwork, too, if you want to put that up real quick. Oh. Should be the next one. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. That's Chonky Boy. (laughs) Yeah, that is
0: presented as much larger.
1: Yeah. And you can see the skull, Uh, the humanoid skull and its front paws. (laughs) Yeah. Just just hanging out. Huh. That's my
2: teddy bear.
1: (laughs) Yeah
0: wow yeah um I (laughs) this kind of just reminds me of Sully from Monsters Inc (laughs) (laughs) kind
1: of does too there we go we got two pop culture references on the fly (sighs) you heard it here first and kind of yes
2: (laughs) yeah
0: um for audio listeners this just looks like a like a bulkier version of um the original one I I, I can't think of any particular references before uh or, or currently but like You'll often see in like 60s, 70s cartoons where somebody refers to their dog as Fluffy and it comes out and it's this monster pit bull. Yeah, That's (laughs) what this feels like.
1: Yeah. Uh, That reminds me of uh, a friend of mine said one time, he said, if I ever have a daughter and she grows up and he does have one now, (laughs) she grows up and she starts dating in her teens, I'm going to have two dogs in the basement and I'm going to have, or sorry, I'm going to have two dogs. One of them is going to be... uh, like something like the destroyer we're going to name it the destroyer and then there's going to be one uh that we keep in the basement that uh, and basically uh make it ravenously hungry and angry and it's going to be called pickles and when she brings her boyfriend over i'm going to be like which dog do you want to take for a walk <laughs> the destroyer or pickles <laughs> they're going to pick pickles he said and if he could survive the walk with pickles he could date my daughter <laughs> it's a wow. ridiculous strategy but <laughs> yeah maybe
0: uncharted north does not uh endorse <laughs> no. this kind of would, sexism blatant never. sexism would, or he, animal abuse
1: he would never he's got a lovely lovely uh i think australian shepherd named sam <laughs> okay that's, that's good uh anyway let's move on from the hounds uh <laughs> let's talk about uh let's talk about the hybrid two-headed troll um so if you could imagine if you picture a troll and then kind of put it upright, not hunched over, and then move one head to the side and then uh, put another head on the other side, and then point a reference, give it a 13 foot tall stature and about 1700 pounds, you've got a two-headed troll. Congratulations. <laughs> We've skipped the gross part of how it became a two-headed upright troll. And you might ask, what is the gross part? Uh, we're not going to skip it, actually. Picture a net. <laughs> Picture a troll. Put them in an alcove. Close the curtain. Put on some berry white. That's how you get a two-headed troll. And you know who did this first? Some crazy, crazy cult of the mother of monsters. <laughs> of who Why? Who else would it be? Why, do you ask? I have no idea. I think you'd probably have to uh, ask them or or be in the same mindset as wanting to join said cult. But that, there you go. That's your result. Upright, two-headed troll, pretty straightforward. It actually um, just looks
0: like a green Etten with two troll heads. Listeners, that's
1: like, pretty much it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and this, if, this
0: artwork is perfect.
1: If you remember much about the Etten episode, uh, they it's pretty pretty similar in its nature. Uh, and this is a pretty much pretty much smashed together, same same half and half of of these features. So uh, they don't really care about this origin for themselves. They have no particular love for the mother of monsters. Um, and uh, yeah, they basically have the dual-minded nature of, Enten, of an Enten. And uh, they have the thirst for bloodshed and unquenchable appetite, regenerative properties of a troll. And uh, you can expect them to be wandering around, arguing with each other and attacking on sight. There is a little Mother Goose-esque thing built into uh into the the lore uh where parents would scare their children um in order to get their chores done by you know saying oh if you don't get them done you might be swallowed by the two-headed troll which is terrifying uh (laughs) but um it stems from this little bit of of lore from the two-headed troll where they what they they have a term for uh a, 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 a creature that is small enough to eat in one bite and they call them nibbles that troll calls them nipples he's like i want a nibble uh, and children <laughs> i'm sure just the perfect bite size <laughs> yeah wow he's, all right johnny go muck out the barn or she'll become a nipple <laughs> johnny's just walking down the pasture bawling his eyes out
0: <laughs> uncharted north also does not recommend no. parenting via fear
1: No, no, we don't. (laughs) So (laughs) so far, we're having a whole bunch of lessons of what not to do as a parent. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. Not that we're parents, but... uh... No, no. Only only ever to end now with animals. Yes, correct. And sometimes employees. Uh... (laughs) Where's my air horn sound effect? (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, that's two-headed troll. Very straightforward. Very straightforward. Um, What is less straightforward is the next one, which is known as the Jotund troll, which is... What? (laughs) Which is sort of like a two-headed troll, but if you make it bigger and you add seven more heads for a total of nine... Yes, I know you can't see them all. Some of them are on the back. Um, (laughs) You now have a Jotun troll. (laughs) And uh, they are not in any way related to the Etten, um, although it does stand upright. The uh, thing about the Jotun troll is, I mean, of course, the origin is not strictly clear, but it is believed they represent the closest thing to the original primordial troll that once plagued the world, uh, which were believed to have arised from the mythical world of Jotungard, within Elysium which is the sort of current chaotic good um uh heaven kind of outer sphere world uh which right. is the same home of the deities of giant kind so in that little theory right there we are getting our connection of trolls to giants which is effectively explains why they have the giant trait and not just the troll trait And sort of explains probably why a troll and an Enten can be made at all, uh, if we want to get kind of picky on the ecology of it. And then the Jotun troll here being something very closely related to what is supposed to be the original primordial troll, which is effectively... um, It's believed, actually, that they were created um, as either a punishment or a challenge for the material world. So deliberately created, uh, presumably by giant kind deities, and put onto... The material world here's a nine-headed um,
0: gauntlet good luck people yeah basically
1: <laughs> why no one knows in fact the odin troll doesn't even know uh they have very they care very little for at all or really at all for uh um their this apparent purpose that they they might stem from um and you might think that having nine heads makes for more issues than like the, say the two-headed version constantly arguing itself but it's actually the opposite they actually work, they are, they are independent minds and they do constantly bicker, but they actually work in tandem and coordinate very, very well. And we'll kind of see that reflected in the stat block a bit. Um, the only thing really is like okay. they argue about who's going to eat what, even though they share the same stomach. I think they all just want to taste. Um, so that's the big thing. Um, and you can expect them to be solitary, if not strictly loners, um, but they're uh, alone, air quotes, uh, always, yeah. and they are they are always pissed off, uh, apparently. So they just, yeah, they, they are they are no-go zone. Yeah. <laughs> so you could usually find them in frigid environments, preferring moors, marshes, and wastelands, which is pretty classic. Uh, but they also tend to gravitate towards magic-warped wastelands um, that uh, for, no one really knows why, but like the mana wastes and like radiation-filled badlands of Numeria, you're more likely to find them there uh, than many other places. Right. Uh, but that's the Oten Troll. That's, okay. that's the trolls uh, so far, lore-wise.
0: All right. That's um, solid. I think these are my favorite. The Oten's? They're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. not the Oten's, but I mean, like, I actually really like the lore of the Tombstone Troll, even if the artwork leaves something it to be desired. Yeah. Um, I also really like this the is a- I didn't, I didn't think I was going to like it that much.
1: This is just like a. it feels like variety compared to what we've covered before, right? Yeah. So far, it's like even the first three were had cool, different, unique flavors, but they were yeah. effectively the same creature in mean, its space. Yeah, flight, they were right? Mortal Kombat as power sw- uh, palette swaps, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, these ones have they have more, they have you know, and they all have these sort of like that's why I kind of call this episode hybrid theories, they have this. Element of hybridness to all of them in some capacity.
0: Gotcha. It's not a not a Linkin Park reference that I'm waiting on the edge of Well, my it's that for. too. It's that too. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> waiting for that shoe to drop. <laughs> it certainly is that, and and the fact that we you know all these origins are never really confirmed, so it's all right. theory. Yeah. You know, right. I thought it was a, a triple entendre or whatever you want to call it. Um. Mm. I mean, but, shout out to uh, Linkin Park. That was a good album. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, Chester Bennington um let's talk about pop culture james lay it on me tell me about all the things i don't know (laughs) because i'm shut out from the world
0: (laughs) okay this is um this 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 is gonna get deep in a way that um i i hope i prepared you for (laughs) okay (laughs) okay so this is by no means an accurate and complete representation of trolls in pop culture this (laughs) is a very quick examination of them through different genres and themes of pop culture as well Mm -hmm. as them appearing in our world okay doesn't make sense yet but it will okay all right so we're going to start
1: I don't oh, know what this is, sorry, that's a, that's the other Jotun's troll from 1E. I oh, forgot okay. we had that, yeah, perfect. Uh, t- t- <laughs> there it is. This is just another, stop <laughs> my pop nine culture reference. troll. This one's, yeah. um,
0: a little more poor porcine than the rest, but uh, it is, yeah, yeah. it's great. I can't tell if that's a regular size tree or a tiny tree in the background, <laughs> <laughs> could it be a sapling,
1: yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's a proper tree, yeah. This, those things are massive. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we're going to start in 1959 with these.
1: <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> Listen, so. it's a troll. It's a troll doll. It's a naked, naked yeah. troll doll with blue hair. Uh, if you don't know yeah. what a troll doll is, Google it. They're hilarious.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. So um, the the story goes in 1959, a sculptor and artist Thomas Dam could not afford a Christmas gift for his daughter, so he carved. The first one of these from wood, from his imagination.
1: No way. Yeah.
0: So That's these caught cool. on, and Dam's company, and this is not a joke, his company is called Damn Things,
1: <laughs>
0: uh, started to produce them in plastic and under the name Good Luck Troll or Gonk Troll, if you're in the, US, uh, the UK.
1: Okay. Gonk Troll.
0: So... These began to take off in the 1960s in Europe before heading to the U.S. where they became a huge fad from the years 1963 to 1965. Mm -hmm. So this history gets way more complicated. We're not going to get dive into it. There is a lot, like a lot behind the history of this, including rights uh, transfers, um, ownership of the IP. Like it gets weird. Okay. but this eventually leads us to the troll doll we know today, uh, which had a resurgence in the, in the early 90s when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And is now yeah, I uh, having another moment in the sun because of the 2016 hit Trolls uh oh. by DreamWorks Animation.
2: Oh,
1: I forgot yeah. that was a thing.
0: Yeah, so this stars Anna Kendrick and, and JT, so no wonder it popped off. Okay. Um, there are three of these movies now. Uh, we're not yeah. going to touch on any of them. The third one is just hitting theaters at the time of of recording this. Gotcha. So these dolls themselves appear in a number of pop culture places aside from the uh, the DreamWorks Animation series, including Robot Chicken, Simpsons, Toy Story, King of the Hill, and many, many more. And there is even a museum to them in North Jutland, in um, I believe it's it's Norway. It's in one of, one of those countries. I can't remember
1: exactly where Thomas Dam is from, but I, I think... Encounter this. Constantly guilty of confusing the Scandinavian nations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I should have written it down, but I did not. Ah, okay. We'll live. So next on the list is another sculptor and artist called Thomas Dambo. So this gentleman started in 2014, started building giant wooden trolls and hiding them around the world. Like this one, for example. Whoa! (laughs) So to date, he's hid them in over 30 countries. Three in Australia, China, Korea, Belgium, uh, the U.S. with 99 of them in total. Whoa, there's 99 of them? 99. So far. So far, um, and ten of which were created during the COVID nineteen pandemic, and are discoverable only via GPS, like a treasure hunt that includes clues. Um, <laughs> that and awesome. I believe that treasure hunt starts in um, in Copenhagen.
1: I just want to know so, how one gets the money to pull this off. That's that's the thing that I never understand. <laughs> it's
0: like, oh, you you, you can see like um, build like he just does it with a chainsaw. A there are plenty of, of pictures of him building them. Yeah. Like he just uses fallen wood and and puts them together with a, a very small right. structure. Um, this fisherman rope doubles as a rope swing, and you can see plenty of people swinging on it. This one's my favorite. Cool. Um, this one being a close second. Ooh, this is this is really an neat. old man troll literally pulling a tugboat across the outback of Australia. Like that's really neat. <laughs>
1: that's so cool. Yeah, wild. What a what a crazy idea. That's super fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we'll have a link to that website uh, where you can start the troll hunt in the show notes because I think that's so cool. That's, that's such mm-hmm. a, an interesting idea. Um, and there's a bunch of communities all over the world dedicated to finding all 99 of them. Uh, and I believe yeah. uh, Dambo himself has said that he's going to stop at 100. Okay. Okay, he's probably uh, sick of it by now. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Um, also, a hundred feels like a lot. These are not small. That's a lot. Like yeah. There's um. There's there's seven. There's one that's just riding a Volkswagen Beetle, which is crazy. Like, <laughs> this one's pulling an actual. That's an uh, an actual full size boat. Like that's, that's not crazy. Yeah. Not a scale model for replica. scale. It's, These things yeah, are it's... massive. Yeah. Really cool. Uh and there is another like like troll um hunt in the Scandinavian nations. Um they were kind of used as like a uh like a secret marker that I, I don't get into here. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets a little political in a way that I wasn't oh, yeah. comfortable enough researching for this. We're trying to keep this fun and light. Yeah. So you, you can find episodes about that uh via ninety-nine percent invisible and I believe this is love also covered it on those shows and I'll try and link to those episodes below cool. But we're just going to keep it light and by keep it light I mean angry because we are immediately going to jump into this troll
2: <laughs>
0: this troll ah, is representative the,
2: the cave troll good friend.
0: <laughs> yeah J.R.R. Tolkien this is a cave troll Yeah, he's recruited by Melkor in the first age which eventually joined the forces of Sauron mm-hmm. and who warped cave trolls specifically into a race called Ulag Hai which are like smarter trolls, but as far mm-hmm. as I can tell, never appeared on screen. Mm. There are also um, three hill trolls that appear in The Hobbit, Tom, yeah. Bert, and Bill. And this in particular, like you said, is one of the cave trolls encountered in Moria.
1: Yeah, you can really only see them on screen in the in the Peter Jackson films, uh, the original trilogy, the one in the lines of Moria, and then you see some like kind of manually laboring for like the gates uh, to... Um, Uh, to, uh, oh, my God, Sauron's lands. I can't think of it right now. (laughs) You got to take the ring to... uh, Mordor. Mordor, thank you. (laughs) It's like, I was Isengard in my head, and I know it's not Isengard. (laughs) I was like, just couldn't get past it. Yeah, Isengard (laughs) is is Sauron. Um, No, uh, No, Saruman. Saruman.
0: Saruman. God damn it, (laughs) Tolkien.
1: Let's move on before James breaks something.
0: (laughs) Well, we're not moving on any better. We're moving on to this troll, which is also um, not my favorite. This is a mountain troll, a.k.a. troll in the bathroom, that appeared during the Philosopher's Stone. Um, This one, I believe, just appeared, but there was also, at one point, brought to the school by Professor Quarrel, who could control trolls.
1: Oh, yeah, Quarrel, yeah. Uh, I don't remember it really. I feel like that troll is actually like the half brother of Hagrid and they don't really explain that. doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I don't remember much about it to be honest.
0: Yeah. This uh, is just to than... appease the fans. Sure. I didn't care about Harry <laughs> Potter then and I certainly yeah. don't care about it now.
1: <laughs> that's, that's it. That's You just come and bring up Harry Potter and be like, this is for you fans. I hate it. <laughs> uh
0: yeah i mean i'm i used to say i think jk rowling can do better um because <laughs> she has done some adult stuff that is you know actually written well unlike the mm-hmm. harry potter books i you cannot convince me that these are quality <laughs> well-written books um but you know on top of that she herself is a hateful internet troll um that she is Sadly, Which we're also not going to touch way. on because I am trying to keep this light. But if yeah. you want to see how bad things are, uh, you can look as recently as last week when she denounced tra- trans uh, gender people as people of that gender. I, I believe her. Yeah. the direct quote was trans women are not women. Um, so yeah, She's go go over look into over that, over. that yeah. on your own time. Hmm. Um, so we're just going to jump past that into this troll. This is uh, always a comic book. Sirvold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is uh, this is Marvel's comics. troll. This name has been held by several different characters. We're going to focus on this one very briefly. She is the daughter of an Asgardian and a male Magzi troll, and appears as a member of the Thunderbolts in Thunderbolts 145, which we will also have linked in the description below, okay. or not in the description in our in our reading notes. Yeah. Thunderbolts themselves are a great uh, run and this is this this is a fun character they're not my favorite but I really like their their fuzzy little costume and the, the little like uh, yeah it, it reminds me of this this Halloween costume my grandma made with a giant stuffed turtle head uh. <laughs>
1: okay uh, I mean so wait sorry this is uh this character is the the daughter of an Asgardian and a troll yeah. um but she's not she doesn't really look like a troll. She's just wearing something that looks like a troll. Yep. Interesting. Strange. Weird.
0: Comic yeah. Books. There is a whole race of trolls that appear in, <laughs> I think they're Thor comics, but I just okay. have no interest and no patience for it. Um, Fair enough. So, some of the like <laughs> 80s, 90s written Thor books are, in my opinion, some of the worst that Marvel's ever produced. Oh, yeah. So I just, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, just, I, I, I can't get on board for a lot of that stuff. You so. can't this read is, them this all. Is, no, I can't, uh, and I have no intention to. But like, no. there's there's history there that just, you know, hmm. it, whatever. Let's let's move on to a worse version. Um, <laughs> this is also troll. Uh-huh. This is by Image Comics. So, <laughs> this is Bartholomew J. Troll, created by <laughs> Rob Liefeld. Um, and as I'm sure you can imagine, and we touched on in episode one, this is very very heavily
1: influenced by Wolverine. Influence seems like a generous word. <laughs> yeah. Influence is
2: a very generous word. Um, there's a really interesting uh, AKA history ripped behind... off. Yeah. 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 So
0: there, there's a, um, in the mid-90s, there's a really interesting history between, like, Image and Valiant and mm-hmm. um, I don't think Vertigo, but there was uh, another one in there for sure, where a bunch of um, uh, illustrators broke off from the big uh, like Marvel and DC and formed their yeah. own publishing entities Image was one of them originally formed by uh, McFarlane, uh, who came from Spider-Man to actually right. create Spawn and the concept was that they wanted to own their creations because if you work for Marvel and you create a superhero Marvel owns that hero Right. And that was that was yeah. a real issue specifically for some of these artists. And you get guys yeah. like uh, Liefeld, um, who was, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, quite famous for his run on... Not Youngblood, um, though this is a Youngblood character. Uh, uh, I can't think of it. Cable was the leader. It wasn't X-Force. It was X-Force. Um, I believe Liefeld was famous for his, his run on X-Force uh, and his hand... I think in the creation of Deadpool, I'm prepared to be corrected on that, but Deadpool's experience mm-hmm. is X Force No, New Mutants ninety-five. Anyway. Anyway. Um this yeah, character I mean, was actually just born a troll.
1: Okay. <laughs> just just born a troll. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it had a mystical troll? book. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All it right.
0: had a mystical book that the user could use to rewrite their own history. Okay. <laughs> but he lost this book in a game of cards and then was frozen in ice for several hundred years after trying to get it back. He <laughs> was then thawed out and worked for the US government in World War I. Okay. And then in the early 1990s eventually became a member of the team Youngblood named after the leader of the team, Youngblood. <laughs> um there's a reason these comics aren't around anymore. They're not <laughs> particularly good. Almost nothing that came out of Image or Valiant or uh, the other one whose name keeps escaping me. Um, it's, it none of them almost particularly sounds like, good.
1: It sounds like they went into a kindergarten class and, and just started asking the kids questions and were like... And just took the ideas and just, yep, yeah, doesn't have to be cohesive. Just put it together and slap it on a page. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like all those imaginative was... things, but none of it fits. None of it makes sense together.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there this was around the time where we had kind of hit like, like Marvel was starting to go under. And, you know, there were so many new superheroes for DC and Marvel that it was, it, it right. was kind of difficult to create something new and unique in a way mm. that it's still to this day, as far as I'm concerned, very difficult to create something new and unique in the, um, you know, the Cape and superhero genre. Yeah. Um, yeah. for sure. There, it's the market's been so saturated for like a hundred years now that it's, it's mm-hmm. putting in a new character can be quite difficult. Yeah. And to create a whole new comic book series based around these um there, there was a lot of borrowing bits and pieces, and then you get borrowing like this, mm. um, which is very, very finely walking the line between borrowing and plagiarism.
1: He's even just holding his fists the same way Wolverine would with the claws out. Like it's so yeah. blatant. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, why I don't I know much percentage. about. I, I do not know much about the the comic book world at all. Uh, though I did recently listen to an episode on Imagine Your Worlds uh, about uh, Jack Kirby, and it was fascinating. Oh, yeah. And it does touch on all those like those issues about you know ownership and like and how artists were were just as significant storytellers as the writers. And uh, it's really, really, really fascinating. So highly recommend.
0: Yeah, Kirby was a hero among men. Um... Mm. He deserves as much, if not more praise than, than Stan, the man himself, but that's, you know, the the same with all illustrators, you know, Kirby, um, Ditko also deserves so much more Mm. credit than he's ever given, you know, being the designer of Spider-Man, like, like Bill Finger kind of shit right there, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, let's. Let's let's keep moving. That's that's enough from Troll from Image. You want to talk about Troll yeah. from Image? Head over to UnchartedNorth.com backslash Discord and and at me there. I will I'll talk about comics all day.
1: <laughs> we don't have we don't have a comics uh category in the Discord server yet, I don't think, but we probably maybe should one day. <laughs> I'll mute yeah, it. When we get there. <laughs> all right.
0: Next up is Um, We don't have an image from this, but it's a a short story called Troll Bridge by Terry Pratchett. It is from 1991 and appeared in a collection of stories called After the King, stories in honor of J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay. So this is also set in Discworld like most of um, Terry Pratchett's work. Mm -hmm. And this takes place directly after the light fantastic, which is the second Book in uh, the Discworld series, and okay. stars Cohen the Barbarian, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there is a short film available on YouTube uh, that was produced. Oh, and that will also be linked. It's really solid. It's really, okay. really quite impressive. Cool. So we'll we'll have that linked in the reading list as well. And I got the order of these wrong. So next we are going to jump to <laughs> this guy. Ooh. So, this is the Fremont Troll. This is a public sculpture in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle, Washington. Cool. This is uh, at the corner of North 36th Street and Troll Avenue under the north end of the George Washington Memorial Bridge, a.k.a. the Aurora Bridge. Don't know, don't care. Um, And (laughs) it is holding in its uh, hand a real-life Volkswagen Beetle because apparently that's a theme between
1: trolls. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. So it's 5.5 meters tall or 18 feet and weighs about 5.9 kilos or 13,000 pounds. Mm. Uh, And it was sculpted Mm -hmm. by a quartet of Steve Bedanes, Will Martin, Donna Walter, and Ross Whitehead. And if you Google it, you can actually see quite a bit of um, uh, footage of, of it being built. So okay. this was constructed as in response to hostile architecture. There was um, an encampment of uh, of um,
1: protesters.
0: No, I can't remember a current uh, politically correct term, but uh, okay. like, like, like an encampment of the unhoused under this bridge. Sure. And what Seattle wanted to do was uh, put in a bunch of hostile architecture to prevent them from camping down there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, so hostile architecture is specifically architecture that's specifically designed to prevent people from using something in a way other than it was intended. Mm-hmm. So if you ever sit down on a public bench with like seat rails in it, like in the middle of it so that you can't lay down, that's an example of hostile architecture that is specifically designed right. Right. so that yeah. the unhoused population can't sleep there. Yeah. um you know you'll sometimes see uh, curbs with or like 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 half height walls on the outside mm-hmm. of buildings with spiked rails on them yeah uh, that's it's the like people who orders away
1: people had the idea of like oh well we put these up here so that the pigeons won't roost and shit everywhere oh let's do that for people too yeah and you're like that's messed up <laughs> yeah. so so that is
0: yeah yeah th- that's what hostile yeah. architecture was so that was originally what was proposed to go under the fremont bridge Gotcha. these four artists um i believe they were there were with the seattle um one of one of their their universities or art schools at the time mm. came to the city and was like let's instead of just making this ugly and terrible let's mm-hmm. make it beautiful and terrible yeah. so it's still an yeah. example of hostile architecture because it's designed to keep the unhoused population away yeah which sucks that's that's yeah. not an okay solution to this problem just so we're all clear mm-hmm. on that um, Yeah. But it is actual art, which is yeah. if you're going to do hostile architecture, which you shouldn't, we do not condone hostile architecture. It is mm. not an okay solution to this problem. But if you're going to do it, this is probably the right way to do it.
1: Um, yeah, it's you have to beat something halfway if you have a choice. At least beat it. Yeah. Um, I mean... Mm.
0: So there, there are plenty of uh, images of this being built and scaffolded, and you can see the framework in, in um, you know, relation to a human being. A, a human goes up to about the first knuckle on one of this guy's hands, just because it is wild, quite large. Five point five meters is is not not small. Um, but yeah, Super really, cool. really interesting sculpture, and still viewable today if you're ever in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to find pictures of this without tourists climbing all over it so yeah, I, I, bet.
2: yeah.
1: It's accessible. <laughs> I bet yeah <laughs> all
0: right up next is this it would be wouldn't be a pop culture <laughs> section if i didn't um touch on a bad movie so yeah that being said, I don't actually know that this movie is bad. I'm prepared to be corrected, Connor. I'm looking at you. I expect you to you to slide into my DMs about this later. I'm in. <laughs> so this is a dark fantasy comedy by John Carl Buchler. I think that's how it's pronounced. Who is known okay. for uh, his work on the Reanimator, 1985, which is a fantastic movie, and Ghoulies, also from 1985, also a fantastic movie. So, <laughs> okay, who knows? Uh, it is starring Noah Hathaway, who is a character called a Atreyu in The NeverEnding Story. I'm told oh, yeah. that means yep. something to people. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yep. Um, Shelley Hack, who played Tiffany Wells in Charlie's Angels, which means something to me. And Republican congressman, sorry, former Republican congressman, Sonny Bono. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also probably more famous for his duet with, with Cher, Sonny you know, Cher. Sonny and Cher,
1: yeah. <laughs> So funny. Uh. Yeah. Uh, is is what it is, right? Um, Sonny Bono got, is one of the strangest pop culture icons in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah, weird. Yeah,
0: I went down my own little Sonny Bono um, little like, rabbit hole no, here. Like, I and mean, no offense, but I've like...
1: An extremely average-looking man with an okay voice was married and a part of a duo to one of the biggest, most beautiful pop singing legends of all time. And then when they divorced and he quit singing, he became a Republic congressman. <laughs> and you look at a picture of him in like a suit and tie, you're like, that that works, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just the strangest thing. Yeah.
0: Him, his uh. Republican Congress photo looks like an accountant got stung by a bunch of bees. Like it's, it, <laughs> You look like you belong in Congress.
1: Oh, oh man.
0: There oh, are obviously numerous other pop culture examples. There are a bunch of mm-hmm. bands called The Trolls uh, from 2001 to 2004. There's one fronted mm-hmm. by E-pop. Great. Recommend oh, yeah. you look them up. Cool. Uh eighty five to 92. there was a Swedish pop band called Trolls. And in 1992, there was a Norwegian black metal band called Trolls that I actually can't find um, whether or not they're still playing. But since I can't mm. find it, I'm assuming they're not. Because I actually, I quite like Norwegian black metal. Um, yeah. So I really wanted to check these guys out. This is from mm. kind of the same time that, being very generous listen- here listeners, but this is from <laughs> kind of the same time that like Opeth started out. And I'm a really big fan of that. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, yeah, they're also a playable race in uh, World of Warcraft, and oh, yeah. <laughs> they uh, they appeared in Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. Um, oh. They actually go to the okay. troll market in Hellboy 2. Oh, that's uh, right.
1: I forgot about yeah. that.
0: Cool. And last but not least is not pop culture, but something that I just thought was fucking awesome, and it is this.
1: I don't like snow, James. You know this. Yeah.
0: So this is the Troll oh, Research Station. This was okay. opened uh, in 1990 as a seasonal research base in Ulessen U- Antarctica. Nailed
1: Good it. Enough. <laughs> don't even <Yeah>. try. <laughs> don't try again. <laughs> <laughs> don't play too. Uh, I think it's Uutlessen. That's what I'm going. Sure. With.
0: yep that's the one that's what i said okay Uh, that's what i heard Uh, (laughs) and then in 2005 they opened a a a troll airfield um to service the research station and then this became a full year-round operational facility okay uh mainly the airfield does services from cape town and then uh little hops to other research stations
1: so to be clear, it so is not a research station for researching trolls. It is just called Troll and it is a research station.
0: Yeah, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> This specifically measures aerosols, organic and inorganic pollution, ozone depletion and UV radiation.
1: Ah, which a lot of people don't realize is actually the cause of Jotun troll farts. Mm. So it's
0: floral carbons. It,
1: it is a it is a proper troll research station at the end <laughs> yeah. of the day. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is uh, Norway's only all year research base in and in, in Antarctica, which sounds like a big deal until you realize that countries like Japan have two. Um, you know, South Korea right. has two. Like, mm-hmm. it. Uh, and it houses sixty six people in the the winter and seventy in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is operated by the Norwegian Polar Institute. So this is where that's located
1: (laughs) that's uh it's like
0: right on the edge of the antarctic like it's it's crazy
1: damn i I, I'd, i'd be scared to go to a place like that it would just no i couldn't do it couldn't do it
0: every time i see this image i think this is where um that
1: john carpenter thing movie was filmed that that's what that was actually my first thought. <laughs> it was I, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen the thing the whole way through, but I still thought that I was like, it, it, it looks, looks like just
0: that. like this. Uh, yeah, it's really really crazy. That's um, amazing. But obviously that wasn't a troll, so I couldn't include it. But maybe yeah. in our next dog suite. Uh, and that kills my pop culture. But we have um, we 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 have uh, we have a caller coming in, and <laughs> apparently I'm being told that Freeman has hi uh, uh, yes my name is freeman uh, I'm,
1: first, I'm a long time listener first time caller <laughs> i have a couple uh, this, of this things is, this might be <laughs> a first ever <laughs> it's it certainly is because I I, I I was i you had created a separate you know list of notes for your stuff and i i plugged it into what i was preparing and then i i noticed you hadn't you haven't hadn't mentioned something that i knew of and it just so happens to be another film called troll hunter from 2010 um, I haven't really put any notes here for it, but I, I watched it once and I rem- I remember enjoying it quite a bit and ha- having an appreciation for it. But it's basically um, a fake documentary kind of thing, not a f- not a mockumentary. It's not a comedy film, but it it basically surrounds these. Um, it's like these university students in Norway, I believe, that uh, decide to go on a hunt for who they think is a poacher. And spoilers, whoever wants to film, but I think you should watch it anyway. Um, The poacher is actually a terribly paid uh, government employee who keeps the local trolls in check. Uh, He basically just drives like an old van and he barely makes any money and he's like, just this old kind of scruffy dude, and he has to keep the local trolls in check so that people know, don't know that they're there. And it's kind of cleverly done. It uses some CGI and stuff, and it's actually got some really funny things that they, they, they talk about, like trolls. And when they that they come across trolls that are just like big statues in the field, they're like, "Oh yeah, when the sun hits them, it uh, reacts to the calcium in their blood or something like that, and that's what turns them stone." So they take this like a little bit of like they don't go too hard into it, but like a bit of a scientific approach to it, and and uh i was just i thought it was it was kind got of a fun film and it was a bit of an indie hit i think or like a little cult following to it at the time there was only one particular thing that i didn't enjoy about it and uh because they really went hard on all of the stereotypes that they could uh, i think traditionally uh-huh. and but but one of them was they were like at one point you know it's all shaky camera footage or they're in a cave and they're like okay you just gotta you know, stay quiet. They won't be able to he- hear you or or see you in in the dark. And you can see them like floating in the background. He's like, you know, the uh, the only thing is they they can smell Christian blood. But everyone in the camera crew right. is presumed to not be a Christian. But the ones like one of them reveals, I'm actually a Christian. I was just I was just lying to you. And then the trolls all turn. And you're like that's not really how that works <laughs> like I, I can't believe i'm picking this apart for like a fake troll documentary but like you know it's like you did all this like try to go sciencey stuff and then it can smell christian blood it was like oh, it lost me there but uh, everything else was pretty,
0: pretty classic was, bit of lore though
1: yeah i know it is so classic <laughs> uh but you know it was it was still fun overall and there's a really funny scene where he's he's actually got to um there's a a troll that lives under a bridge that is sick, and he's got to, he's got to actually um like give it some medicine, and he pulls out this massive metal syringe, and he dresses up in like a big, like house armor, su- a metal armor suit, and goes giant. <laughs> it's really funny. So it's got some comedy built in for sure. Um, anyway, <laughs> highly recommend. I think it's been a long time. Is, is the audio in
0: <clears throat> Norwegian? Is it have English subtitles?
1: I, I think it's I think it's Norwegian with English subtitles. Yeah, it's definitely okay. a Norwegian film. Yeah. Um. But um, I do have another uh, reference here. Actually, I, I did think of something earlier I'll just quickly uh, touch on. When it comes to the troll dolls, I don't know if you remember uh, the Drew Carey show much, but the character Mimi Bobeck by Kathy Kinney Who's just this outrageous character that's like kind of the the uh, the nemesis of Drew Carey and just wears like bright color clothes and crazy makeup all the time and she's obsessed with her troll dolls and they're always all across her desk and she's like stands out like a sore thumb in this really like crazy dramatic way and that that was like a very indicative a thing in '90s the, the resurgence in the '90s culture of the the trolls troll dolls it was big in the Drew Carey show
2: oh okay
1: yeah which that show went for like eleven nice. seasons so. Um, yeah,
0: I remember enjoying that show when it was on, but I I cannot
1: imagine revisiting it. There's literally no everyone in everyone in it is funny except for Drew Carey. <laughs> like everyone oh, yeah. else is everyone else is hilarious. Drew Carey is the worst part. Right? <laughs> Sorry. So it's Drew. Ryan
0: Styles and Diedrich Bader. Right?
1: Ryan Styles, Diedrich Bader, Craig Ferguson, Kathy Kinney's amazing. Like oh it's, yeah, it's, it's a it's a star-studded cast. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I have one more reference. And this actually comes from a friend of the show. Gabe uh from Interparty Conflict. Uh he was telling me about there's a 1989 video game called Curse of the Azure Bonds. It was an old D&D game for Advanced Dungeons and Dragons oh, I believe. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was the second of four in a series of these forgotten realms like games. I think it was DOS based and um, it was released uh, published and released and developed by Strategic Games and uh it basically there it was the first time Gabe had ever encountered a troll in his whole life of a nerd and he said you come into this place with a sewer you come across a room with green chunks of humanoid flesh and it asks you what to do and your options are inspect the chunks of flesh burn the chunks of flesh or continue on your way if you do anything but burn them they regenerate into a troll and start an encounter um so that was the first time Gabe ever learned how to deal with a troll (laughs) post-mortem as it were that's really neat (laughs) yeah so Curse of the Azure Bonds. Uh, I believe
0: yeah, I believe these are like the proto EverQuest games. Like mm. this is this is kind of where EverQuest came from, the, these these text-based adventure games. Right. Like, this is yeah. this is old school.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't really have any tremendous details, but I know that Gabe has 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 talked quite a bit about wanting to run. A recreation of Curse of the Azure Bonds as a tabletop role-playing game, which would be really pretty cool. So maybe one day we'll uh, we'll get some infor- more information on that and, and see if we can redirect people if it ever becomes a thing.
0: Yeah, 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 and we'll make sure we link uh, Gabe, in the, excuse me, in the show notes as well,
1: because for sure, top-notch they're, they're, guy. They're
0: doing great things over there, yeah. and uh, you listeners may recognize Gabe from uh, Sleepaway. I don't remember what we titled it on our network. Camp Caron, and, uh, yeah. Camp Karen and the yeah. uh, TMNT and other strangeness. Uh, Elementals,
1: yeah. <laughs> Elementals, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. A couple of bonus episodes we we've uh, thrown out there. Uh, super, super fun. Gabe is uh, an absolute riot to play with. We hope to do more with him soon. Yeah, he was also, and he was also in episode 100 for ET. Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah, he's the one who did the rant on the Tarask. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. So, hopefully, you all know him by now. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all. Are you ready for that's mechanics? All. I think so. Have we used a splash screen I yet? I my think this is the first one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm rubbing off on uh, you. Well, <laughs> I mean, so, so we don't,
0: we're, we're only technically doing Pathfinder lore and that's it. Like, I guess pop culture, pop culture yeah. lore could count as...
1: Uh, we don't have a pop culture splash screen, just for your episodes. No, <laughs> no. That's fine. Um, I think he will understand our format by now. <laughs>
0: yeah, format is whatever the fuck happens.
1: <laughs> whatever, whatever corner Freeman takes us around. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about the Tombstone Troll. Uh, I love that you were kind of intrigued by this creature. It is a low level. It is we're talking about level one here. Small creature. Boo. Yeah, yeah, it's just a small, just a small guy. It's just a small guy. Um, is uncommon. Um, 13 AC, 25 HP, does not have a recall knowledge option. Uh, still just unspecified, specified lore. Um, it has a burrow of five, so kind of digging its way around, but it's not fast. And uh it can speak uh Jotun, has dark vision, little bonus athletics, a little bonus of stealth, all kind of reflecting its nature. Um, got a little bit of strength, a little bit of Dex. no intelligence bad bad charisma um fortitude uh is a six reflex is a nine will is a five uh they have weakness to fire and uh, yeah positive so five of each fire five and positive five positive now also being renamed to vitality in the remaster and um they have immunities to negative again being renamed to void uh, they have regeneration five, deactivated acid fire, or the positive slash vitality. Oh, so that's they nice. have a have the traditional stuff, a little extra weakness on top of that. They are coming at you with a jaws attack plus nine to hit one d eight plus uh, or sorry one d six plus three piercing claws with a plus nine one d four plus three agile. Of course, they do have rend, so it's a little it can be dangerous. It's level one rend. It's like you know you don't not going to see that very often. I don't think. Um. No. They get interesting with these next two things. They have something called Death Feast. Uh, the requirements of this is the last action was a jaw strike that damaged a living creature or a corpse. And um, the uh, you spend one action to swallow a chunk of the flesh from the target and convert it into void energy. And then that deals 1d6 bleed, and its Jaws uh, and Claws deal one additional void damage for one minute. Or until they use their Grave Breath ability, uh, whichever comes first. So now they're getting extra damage in all their attacks, um, which I think may or may not include the Rend, uh, because it basically, Rend replicates um, a particular uh, attack that you just used. And... um, uh, or, and you're taking bleed damage. That's, that's pretty, that can be kind of dangerous at level one. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. a little bit beefy in a way. Um, but it does have, you know, kind of wants to expend this energy a bit if it can. Um, and that's through the Grave Breath, which is a two action ability. Troll uh, needs to be bloated uh, with void energy from the Death Feast. It's a 15 foot cone of putrid gas that shoots out of its mouth. It's a DC 14 basic four inch save, 2D6 void damage. On a failure, the target is sickened uh second one and uh the uh can't be can't be used again until death feast has been used again so pretty pretty straightforward very simple to use i think this creature um but yeah, looks like a pack, it packs a bit here. of a stacking punch in a way
0: yeah yeah i mean what it it actually is kind of encouraging you not to use rend
1: uh in a way yeah kind of um yeah, i think you're rend want to draw
0: and then death feast <laughs> And then I don't know, whatever, maybe claws, but your next attack, you're gonna to want to use that grave breath pretty much right away if if everybody's positioned appropriately. 2D six yeah. is way higher than what you'll get out of the claws with a rend.
1: Yeah. The only way you're and not 2D4. using rend is if what you just jawsed and death feasted and then maybe clawed again, if that's if they're not, if if the everything is not set up in a 15-foot cone for you, you can't seem to move, and you early only have the same target, you're probably rending that next round um yeah. but pretty much on the own but i mean under only those circumstances
0: even if you've only got one target 2d6 void is plus the 1d6 for the jaws so you're looking at 3d6 46 yeah. like i i don't know mm. I, don't, I mean the rend is free i i guess but sort of yeah i don't know um, i don't know if there, there's a value in that mechanically interesting
1: I mean, it's certainly a holdover just from being a troll, you know? It's uh right. it's, yeah, it's yeah, there, yeah. you know. And it definitely could have a function in the right circumstances, I think. But generally speaking, I think you're right. It's not likely to be a priority. Um also, don't power play your characters at level one too much, GMs. <laughs> don't, don't get too nitty-gritty here. It's already a little bit dangerous. Don't find the perfect time to death, feast, grave, breath, rend everybody into oblivion. <laughs> play these things like scared, stupid creatures that they are. Um, uh, they well, do have reactive strike, I mean, by that, the way, that's... which makes them even more dangerous. So They have reactive strike? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's that, too. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, that... They are they are cowards, and they are only attacking out of desperation, which means they will still, still probably retreat. They might be hungry, but that doesn't mean they're going to make a final stand here.
0: Right, but okay, so hear me out. Mm-hmm. First action, Claw Claw Rend.
1: Assuming That's... you're in melee rage already, yes.
0: Yeah. Reactive Strike Jaw Attack. Death Feast Grave Breath. That's a dangerous uh, <laughs> fucking turn. Okay. Because <laughs> as long as your last attack was jaw Strike, you can Death Feast, and a Reactive mm. Strike counts as an attack, so...
1: Yeah, let me um, just double check. Sometimes mm. they specify... Okay, no, Reactive Strike doesn't specify what it can attack with, so it could be a Jaws attack. And uh-huh. Ren does have to be the Claw, so, I mean, yeah, I think, I think the rules is written your you're onto something there. <laughs> that was okay, bears. That is a danger
0: zone for first level party.
1: Claw, claw, rend, scares the shit out of the PC. PC runs, reactive strike. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, reactive strike, move up, death feast. Oh wait, no. I think you. Oh, 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 hold on. There might be a little hole in there because the last action was a jaw strike, is the requirements for the death feast. So your your attack of opportunity or your reactive strike would have had to stop your target from uh, leaving your range, because if you do a move action between, you can't get the death feast in. Right. Right. No, your so last attack they, was the jaw strike. Yeah. You, you can do a move action
0: so, between. You just. You just don't want to. No, so
1: no. To the trolls... I, what I'm looking at... Uh, it specifically says the troll's last action was a Jaws strike that damaged a living creature. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, not its most um, recent attack.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, what if it was a different target, though? Like, if you're being flanked?
1: Well, I think the whole point of Death Feast is that you've you jaws and you're pulling the flesh off, so you can't just... Mm. You can't just switch targets and ran, randomly pull uh, flesh out of something you haven't bitten. So I don't think okay. would work. I think I think you'd be mostly looking at if you were in front of a caster, the caster decided to cast in front of you. And that was what triggered your reactive strike. And I think some people would even be nitpicky about whether or not a reaction counts as an action in this particular wording. I think um, I'm not I'm not saying I know what it is. It is for written versus intended, but some people I think would argue that. Again, don't, yeah. don't min-max creature. <laughs> yeah. it's, re- it's looking scary now if you're really dry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it should look scary. It's a fucking troll. Yeah. But it's very small. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I mean, its
0: AC yeah. is still 13 and its HP. Like, you could still one-shot mm-hmm. this at first level with yeah. a crit.
1: Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, if this gets a turn
0: good. in combat, I think it probably mm-hmm. deserves... To to have the biggest turn possible because there's there's a real possibility well, with yeah. with a seven perception that you're not going to mm-hmm. have the initiative, and then with an AC of thirteen, you yep. know an HP of twenty five, one rage and axe strike later, your your troll yeah. could be gone. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I don't I don't know how where and how they're positioned in the uh, the adventure path, but it's possible that you're fighting multiples of these on at a lower level as well. I'd be shocked um, if you weren't I'd, fighting I'd,
0: two or three of these at like yeah. level two or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: You're not fighting one or two of these at level one, I don't think. But um, but yeah. Tombstone troll. Lots of hot debate. Let's talk about the troll <laughs> hound. All right. Uh level three creature this time around. Um, AC 17, HB65, medium, as you might expect. It does have the beast trait along with the troll trait, no giant trait which means we do get to use Arcana or Nature to identify it. Um, That's great. Uh, finally. Yep. Yeah, finally. Uh, 35 speed, so it's uh, quick for a chonky boy. And um, uh, does have dark vision and has, uh, has uh, all-round vision. That might not be right. My notes might be wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Scent of 30 feet, uh, which is imprecise. Uh, it does have a, a nice big strength on it, big con on it. Everything else is pretty low. Good at acrobatics, athletics, stealth, and survival. All fitting the uh, the role of a, a aggressive, bulky uh, tracker animal. Yeah, uh, big old uh, four. Does not have all round vision. No, I okay. I'm like <laughs> just gonna remove that real quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it can see through the blisters on its skin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, big big fortitude on it. Uh, reasonable reflex at 8. Uh, will save is 6. Um, does have fire 10 weakness. Regeneration 15 for a level 3 creature. It's pretty reasonable. HP is at um, 65. And uh, it's deactivated by the classic acid and fire. Uh, as you can imagine, this creature pretty has hardcore a... hardcore level 3 creature. Yeah, yeah. Jaws attack, 1d12 plus 4 piercing plus knockdown and blood fire fever. So you don't want to be bitten by this thing. Now, knockdown is uh, like grab when it's added to one of these abilities. It takes another action to um, to activate it. So, Jaws, if you successfully hit, you can spend another action to automatically knock down. I believe they have changed the rule on this. You don't just get a free knockdown anymore, and some people are not happy with this because it actually affects PCs as well in certain ways. You still have to spend the action, but now you actually do have to roll for it. Um, but I maybe you get a bonus or something like that. But I, I yeah, I know it's uh, it's an odd thing. It's not a yeah. trip is the thing. It's different from a trip because this thing probably mm-hmm. couldn't necessarily trip properly. I'm not really sure how it works. Right. Do not call well, me on this potential change. Um, yeah, but I've it, heard it's not
0: listed done. on Nethys yet. And the difference mm-hmm. between a trip and a knockdown is important because knockdown mm-hmm. you just do it. You just knock somebody yeah. down. Yeah. Um, oh, the wording here
1: is specific because knockdown is effectively a word that you would only see on Bind attached to a creature or a creature ability. Yeah, same as same ability. as grab. Yeah. You know, you don't grab as a PC; you grapple, and then they gain yeah, the yeah, grabbed yeah. condition. You but know? it is important grab as a creature grapple. ability
0: yeah. because larger um, wild shapes have it. Like like yeah. some dogs have it. I believe yeah. some of the larger cats have it. Like so, like knockdown is important for PCs as well Very as um, I believe some like animal companions and stuff have it. Like this yep. is for sure. It, it, yeah, it wolves like wolves grab, are famous you know? for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So interesting that they would change hmm. that. I I don't think you're going to change it. I don't see why they would. Yeah. It's,
1: spending an yeah, action is I, enough. Yeah. I think I think the the big complaint was that people were uh were saying, well, that only means that the improved version is good because it, it it's a free action economy. So, um but then you're still having to yeah. go for it. Yeah so well, I don't remember I uh, keep tree, eyes peeled right? for that. Yeah. As of this yeah. recording by the time this comes out the remaster will have been out but we you and I might not still have even had time to find this information. Um, right. but um we're we're not far away as of, as of this recording for that release either. Um But yeah, um definitely something to look out for but in the meantime you are safe again remaster means all legacy rules still apply if you want. So in this case it is one extra action. It is, it is an effective automatic knockdown, and then you have to worry about blood, fire, fever. Let's talk about that, shall we? Little <laughs> yeah. disease action. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. DC 18 fortitude save. Uh, stage one, no ill effect for one day. I can't tell you how much uh, a, a, a calendar and foundry has helped me with these things. Because <laughs> I am not good at tracking time. One day, stage one, uh oh, pain in the ass. And then if you get to stage two, if you fail after that, you are enfeebled one for one day. So you're stuck, enfeebled one full day. If you fail again, you are enfeebled one, clumsy one for one day, stage three. If you fail that, stage four, enfeebled two, clumsy two. And then it goes to stage five, where you become enfeebled two, clumsy two, and fatigued, all of them in increments of one day. If you manage to fail those back to back, Like, by the time you get to stage five, this will not kill you. It does not do damage to you, but it will hamper you brutally. (laughs) Really brutally. Yeah. If it keeps going.
0: Yeah. I either like class type will be hampered by this. Like, you do not want to be a clumsy caster and you do not want to be an
1: enfeebled fighter. No, you really don't. And nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to be fatigued. (laughs) No. So, um, The only thing to add to this little stat block here—it's very simple—is the pack attack, dealing one d six additional damage to targets within reach of at least two of the troll hounds' allies, which could just be another troll hound and a troll. That's an encounter right there on its own, Uh, that could be very, very good. Right. Yeah, I like that it's
0: with the trolls too, like the troll hound allies, as opposed to just more trolls. I I actually yeah, it could even be non-trolls. They just have to be allies.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, it is worth mentioning that there is an item in the game, a uh, level six item called the Troll Hound Vest. Um, it is a plus one hide armor that is sickly green and covered in thick warts and nodules. Ooh, I hate that word, and it comes like skin <laughs> things and nodules. Uh, um, it's a, uh, fashioned uh, from the hide of a troll hound, uh, as you can imagine, and imbued with some of the beast's vitality. Crafting requirements mean you have to have hides of at least two troll hounds if you want to craft it. So you gotta already kind of go up against these things, um, wearing this armor. This is funny, actually. This is I. This is really so specific and silly, but I love it. If you're wearing this, you get a minus one circumstance penalty to all checks using diplomacy if you're interacting with trolls. So if you're trying to diplomatically solve something with a troll, okay. and you're wearing this. They don't like it. Get the troll hide off. Uh, that's our, that's our dogs. However, you get a plus one circumstance bonus to the policy to make an impression if you're doing so wearing the armor in communities traditionally plagued by troll attacks. <laughs> oh my God. So people are like, yeah, you got a trophy vest on. You're our hero. Huh. <laughs> so, so specific. And it's like ripe, just like, oh, here's a little side quest thing. I uh, love it. Um, but its actual function beyond uh, that and being a plus one high armor is there is a, a reaction um, interact uh, where it's triggered if you take damage from a melee attack while you are half or fewer of your normal maximum hp your body knits itself back together healing you for 3d8 hp no cooldown okay that's cool if you ask me like it's a level six item but like if you're just at 50 percent or lower hp and you don't have anything better to spend a reaction on you could just heal 3d8 that turn done you know, if you if it gets, puts you back over 50%, you can't do it again the next turn, but like you can just keep mending yourself that way. That's a that's a pretty good little get in a jail free card almost, especially if you're playing a character that doesn't have a tremendous list of reactions to work with. Um, yeah, that's solid, no cost, no cooldown.
0: Yeah, level six isn't isn't terribly high either, like it's available yeah. in most cities easily. so
1: yeah and 3d8 like i feel like that can go a long way it's not gonna be massive in later levels but like you're also gonna replace that armor probably at some point right it's not gonna not gonna last you forever but that's it that could be a lifesaver in certain, yeah. definitely some certain situations mid combat for sure yeah huh. speaking of uh what you might replace it with let's talk about a level 15 item not really re- related to troll hounds but it's not related to any of the other ones other than regular trolls either so i thought i'd squeeze it in here there's something just called troll hide um now, both of these, I believe, have the alchemical... Actually, no, sorry. This one has the alchemical and healing traits. The previous one has uh, magical and necromancy. So troll hide uh, is, based- is just flat hide armor, um, and-, and it's uh, made with the tissue of a living troll that has uh, uh, been integrated into the armor. The armor has two organic receptacles, which is weird terminology for me, uh, on touch. its back. Yeah. <laughs> That can, uh, that can each hold a single elixir of life. One elixir takes three interact actions to install. For the armor to function properly, each elixir must be at the same level. A loaded suit of uh, hide can be activated, a uh, single action, uh, causing regenerating tissue from the armor to fill your wounds. So once you activate it, at the start of each round, you regain HP equal to the level of the loaded elix- elixirs. So it could be level one for one point, level three for three points, so on and so forth. Each time you regain at least 13 hit points from the armor, you regrow one damaged or ruined organ. During a round that you regain nine or more hit points from the armor, you can reattach severed body parts by spending an interact action to hold the body part to the area that it was severed from. If you take acid or fire damage, the armor deactivates until the end of your next turn. In the event the armor itself takes damage, it restores its own HP before it resumes healing you, and the regeneration lasts for eight rounds. Uh, once activated, the armor cannot be deactivated. The armor uses up the elixirs of life during the duration. Can't be activated again until two new ones are installed. Blah blah blah. blah. If you, so it's all so very party, specific. Get. This. <laughs> but just, I mean, just put it on your alchemist. <laughs> You know? Yeah, <laughs> like I mean just conjuring up those elixirs of lives. You know, yeah. just tossing them in like every every combat you get regeneration. Like that's pretty solid. <laughs> it's cool. Um, I'm not sure how many examples you're gonna find yourself. uh, You know, going up against something that's like intentionally damaging or ruining your organs or severing your limbs. However, I've also not played a whole lot at level 15, so right. Maybe you also don't need maybe that more, high. Like you could just throw
0: yeah. in two 10th level elixirs. You know, and just. Right. And just regain yeah. 10 HP at the start of your turn for no reason at all. Like that's it's, it's for awesome. 8 rounds. That's so many. <laughs> it's that's so awesome. many rounds.
1: It's, it's so many rounds. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, little offshoot there. Still mechanical. Thought it was cool. Thought it was cool. Um, yeah, so let's I talk, like those talk a about lot. the one we're all wondering about, two-headed troll. Um, level 8 for this guy. AC 24, 190 HP, large again, of course. Um, giant and troll uh, traits, so no recall, knowledge, proper uh, languages, Jotun, uh dark vision, thirty feet, foot speed, big strength, big con, athletics, intimidation, all the things you expect. Um, weakness of fire ten, uh, which is not super high, but it's only level eight. Uh, big old fortitude, reasonable reflex and will. So fortitude twenty, reflex and will at fifteen and fourteen. So they're pretty close to each other. That's um, it is not
0: what I would call a low save. <laughs> yeah no eighth level
1: uh they've uh they carry a club usually usually just a single club in fact they've regeneration 25 uh and uh deactivated by acid and fire you're of That's... course getting a jaw attack from these creatures
0: hmm? that 25 is almost the biggest we've seen isn't it
1: wow uh no we've seen four, i think it's 45 for the misbegotten troll which was like a level 18 creature oh okay um yeah um but 25 is big especially level eight you might know, want to double-check yeah. my that, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I've already made a mistake. Um, so Jaws attack, 2d12 2D two d plus 8 piercing, reach of 10 feet. Uh, claws, 2d8 8 plus 8, reach, agile, club, 2d6 uh, plus 8 bludgeoning, reach of 10. Club can be thrown. Um, same deal as we've covered before, thrown 10 feet, uh, reach of 10 feet. Um, can throw outside the increment for a minus 2 if you like, so-and-so. Uh, reactive strike, reactive chomp got an extra reaction here um and actually i'm going to come back to it because we have to talk about this passive first called independent brains okay this is the key feature this is where the etin comes in each head rolls its own initiative neither head can delay each head gets two actions and one reaction each controls one arm but both control the legs severing a single head such as from a vorpal weapon does not cause the troll to immediately die so long as the other head is still alive but the actions reactions of that head are lost mental effects that affect a single creature only affect one head at a time these are all things i feel like we definitely covered in edin to whatever capacity um i can't remember how the initiative thing worked for that for that one but I, i do love the idea of like they have their own initiative and they they cut limited actions as a result um, yeah, we covered
0: reactive chomp in 5e, so probably not anywhere near the same as this. This, mm. is, um, this is like minion
1: mechanics here, right? And it, it's important uh, for reactive chomp because the trigger is on the current head's turn, it hits the same target with two consecutive claw strikes in the same round. And the effect is you make a jaws attack uh, while uh, I, with the other head. Um, so it has to be <laughs> oh, the, the opposites yeah uh I, I, I gotta make sure i'm reading that right um yeah make a jaw strike while the target is distracted by the relentless cause uh, must be the head that is not currently taking a turn yeah um it's also important to note that this triggers off a claw strike not a club strike one of those hands is usually carrying a club um so they kind of set you up in a way to almost limit you to to only every other turn uh between this creature that that, that becomes a little bit more available but i mean. Um, uh but you can drop that easily and they do have their own reactions remember too so you can drop a club and really like lay it on thick with this interaction um the um other passive though is the head head regrowth uh um after regaining hp from regeneration uh you do a dc 10 flat check and if you succeed the missing head is restored in full um it does not seem there doesn't seem to be anything that implies uh the the troll um that if both heads are lost it immediately dies. I don't know where the regeneration effect kind of comes in with the lore for this creature or if it's like mitigated from it being a hybrid or some such. It's not strictly clear on that, so you can kind of play with that I think if you want. The um, last
0: line of head regrowth is if a two-headed troll loses their last remaining head they die immediately.
1: No, for sure. I'm just saying. I'm just wondering if there's anything about like if like the lore, not the mechanics so much as the lore that says any piece of a troll left over can regenerate into a troll. Does that have? Is there an exception here at all? I, I'm wondering. Oh, I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. It's just um, a kind of a passing thought.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I would say there's probably an exception here just because it's mm. it's half et and half troll. I think maybe that right. that ends there. But yeah, that's something for you to define
1: at your own table, for sure. Let's talk about the Jotun troll. This one's fun. This one's pretty cool. Level 15. We're getting a big old beastie boy here. Uh, AC at 35. So
0: much higher than I thought it was going to be.
1: (laughs) 360 HP. Huge in size. Very, very big. It is a rare creature. It does have the giant troll traits. It also has the mutant trait, Um, which doesn't say much. And I don't think there's many. Uh, It basically just says. Let me just read it off archives of nethis here it says the monster has mutated or evolved granting it unusual benefits drawbacks or both there was nothing in the stat block that specifically indicates what this is applying to but i think i know what it is uh and i think it's its weakness i think its weakness is tremendously reduced because it's a level 15 creature we've seen the weakness and the regeneration grow in tandem in that mm-hmm. sort of horizontal growth that we talked about but they only have fire 10 weakness which is very low for a regeneration of 40. Um, and I think that's where the mutant trade is coming in. I think it's it's given them a boost in that, that regard. Um, why exactly a mutant, I'm not sure. I didn't really feel it was in the lore so much. Um, and maybe I'm just like in my head a uh, little bit too mutant X-Men mutant ninja turtles you know uh and maybe it's right. something less less specific and grandiose as those and more more vague and 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 like you know natural like evolutionary yeah. in this case
0: yeah so most mutants in in the 2e um most, I can't give this a blanket statement, come from mm. the mana wastes who have been manipulated by like the um okay. the energy there. So that's yeah. where you get like the 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 mutated desert drake and the knoll the hulk, mm-hmm. they all come from that yeah uh, particular area. I don't know if if that's uh carried over to things like this. You know, there there mm-hmm. are some other mutants under here. There's a necro hulk smasher, which I'm pretty yeah. sure is copyright infringement.
1: Uh, <laughs> there's um the greater bar is in there but i apparently not the bar guest so there must be a difference in lore there um there's uh one of the serpent folk is on the list as well
0: oh yeah 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 and there's a but giant. apparently
1: not all of them so yeah, yeah it's uh it looks like the trend there somewhere
0: mutants are from mm-hmm. the mana wastes in the name but i don't know yeah don't know about the other ones that's those are
2: huh
0: yeah
1: anyway i just think that's where we're seeing the reflection is in the weakness that was my guess um because at first i was like that's it 10 that's way too low and actually just before recording i was reviewing and i went oh i think maybe that's it um so obviously we get big old beefy con and strength like usual it's got actually really reasonable wisdom with a, a six uh attribute modifier um athletics 29 intimidation 27 like I said, regeneration 40, acid fire, jaws attack, uh Jaws is a plus grab, 15 foot reach. So that's that'd be dangerous. Nice. And it's got a reason for it's got a reason for that, I tell you. Uh claws, um, agile, 15 foot, big old damage, rend, of course. Um, which by the way, we were we we don't have in the two-headed, you know, there was no rend there.
0: Yeah, it can't so Rend. Something, like it's, it's yeah, not something capable kinda, of rending.
1: Yeah. Something kind of lost probably um, in that in that hybrid uh kind of creation um well, it's of course the the action
0: economy if i'm not mistaken because one head only controls one side and to rend you need to hit with both right claws, you have to have so you're not right. capable so, of hitting with both yeah. claws on one turn
1: so i guess uh, they kind of make up for it with the with the uh the reactive uh, jaws attack right because it's like yeah. one one that's the two actions gone the other one gets to get in and it's like not it's not a rend but it is a, another attack you know that you yeah. wouldn't get so that's pretty neat actually
0: yeah, um, and I mean you only get two actions, so you there's there's nowhere in the economy it. to rend, even if you did yeah manage to yeah. use both heads at the same time. I don't know. It's yeah, it's weird. Haste.
1: If it ever came into play, haste.
0: Yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean if it ever came into play, I fuck it. Give the yeah. troll rend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do it <laughs> kill those de- kill those filthy pcs <laughs> yeah, fuck it uh, i mean again raw <laughs> still isn't capable of so it has to be yeah. both claws not but. in the step oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um the uh it, uh so yote control back to yot control um they have a rock attack they can throw rocks real good they're real good at throwing rocks plus 30 to hit with a rock uh, it's got and it's got the brutal trait, so it's actually adding its uh, strength to um, to the old attack roll, which I think we saw. In better the at rock or... than
0: they are at claws and jaws. That's <laughs> huh.
1: um, yeah. It's all it's all pretty basic around there. I love that ranging command of 120 feet. Just tossing a rock that far is just crazy to me. Um, let's talk about cacophonous roar um which is uh, has the auditory emotion enchantment incapacitation mental and primal traits uh, sorry who, i just
0: uh, I, i'm having a hard time with this they're huge they are huge could you imagine being able to throw a rock and hit a mouse from 120 feet
1: <laughs> what the hell uh, yes, there goes our verisibilitude. <laughs> right out the window. I mean, just like, like that's really <laughs> impressive,
0: but I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Hmm. Um, Okay, we, we can continue. I, th- I think I'm good.
1: Okay, all right, all right. Cacophonous roar. It's got all these traits, including ca- incapacitation. Hmm. Uh, you unleash a cacophonous roar from all of the heads. Remember, there are nine heads on this thing that distort the listener's mind. All non-trolls within a 100 feet Make a DC 34 will save, cannot use again for 1D4 rounds. Uh, critical success, unaffected, temporarily immune for 24 hours. Success, stupefied one. Failure, confused one. Critical success or critical failure, <clears throat> confused 1D4 rounds.
0: I'm really glad my mic was off because when you said success, stupefied one, I made a noise that I've never made before in my life. <laughs> That's insane.
1: <laughs> yeah uh really really brutal um massive range very dangerous uh two actions (laughs) wow and i I love it because like one of those ones that
0: falls off right uh
1: no that's that's one of your long rest ones that's the one that really messes up your caster (laughs) it is will save your caster usually has the highest chance of succeeding but it's bad if you don't um ravenous jaws Two actions. Make a jaw strike for every head available. Must all be different targets. Very classic approach to that. All effect map, but not until all the strikes are done. So march up into the middle of the party and bah, 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 bah. hit the ball once if you can. Um and uh swallow hole. Why not? One action. Um swallow medium or small creature, if I recall correctly, that you need to be grabbed. So it's a Jaws one one action, grab all next right. action, next action, swallow hole. That being said, uh, I didn't notice before, but swallow hole—I can't remember if we ever brought this up—but it has the attack trait, so it does affect map, even though it's not you're not rolling for it. Um, so there's that. Well, so does um, I mean,
0: so does the grab, but you're not rolling for that either.
1: Um, ooh, I guess uh, I actually no, it doesn't. Grab doesn't in a creature oh. stat block because okay, it's not cool. because it is not grapple. It has, it's a different ability. There's not a PC one. It does not have the attack trait. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's uh, that's, that's probably one of the big differences for knockdown and trip as well. Right. It does not have the attack trait. Um, so you're basically being swallowed. You're going to take 3d12 bludgeoning it has a rupture of 36. We've covered this before. I always forget the details. I think I'm going to pass over it and just mention every time this comes up. Now, if you are reviewing swallow hole rules as a GM, Look up the engulf rules as well. That is where you'll find the rules on rupture. They are they work together in tandem, but they are not in the same spot and they're not even really nested to, to each other per se. Um, maybe that'll be fixed in the in the remaster or become a little more clear. But every time I've done this, I've had to go out of my way to find rupture's not its own section, it's under engulf. Engulf and swallow hole work very similar ways. Look them both up. Do your research every time. Even if you think you've got it, go double check because it's a kind of a laundry list of confusion a little bit in there and you don't want to you just don't want to have someone die in the stomach of a massive creature because you missed one small thing so look it up get in there um remind yourselves
0: yeah and i can confirm that they are not linked on Nethys. engulf
1: yeah. is nowhere on this page i have to every time i have to like google rupture pathfinder 2e and then usually engulf shows up somewhere cuz it's found it in the search and and the body of the article. And, um, it's not, and that's not a convenient way to have to go about it in this case, but it could be worse, but just do your homework. Uh, these things have reactive strike. Um, as you can imagine, okay, no. it's uh, for every head. I'm pretty sure I'll have to double check. We're going to get there in a sec. They have cats rock like before <laughs> they catch it. They can throw it. Um, fast swallow uh, as a reaction. Okay, here, yeah, the OT card grabs a target with the jaws. They can reaction swallow uh, <laughs> instead of spending an action. So they can do it really quick. Uh, head regrowth works the same as the above, but it's all for nine heads. Uh, it is DC eight flash instead of 10 upon the regeneration. It is only one head at a time, though. You can't regenerate two or three at a time. Okay, um, that's good. Yeah. And it's worth noting too, we haven't I don't we've never covered Hydra, I think, but there is a difference in like multi-headed creatures sometimes. The stat blocks here do not give you particular um ACs and hit point pools for each head like they do in the Hydra. So I know those are separate. The Hydra has its own kind of rules around how it regenerates its own heads and how you how to stop it. Um, and it, it's very, you know, there's a lot of analog and, and kind of similar parallels between these creatures, but they do have different functions. And so you kind of, if you're wondering how, how do I chop a head off without the variable weapon, you know, when it comes to these creatures, can I just target the head alone? Maybe your GM will, GM will allow it, but is not in the stat block. It is not rules. as written as an option.
0: Right. Um, uh, not homebrew time, but the easiest way to do that would be to take that 360 and just divide it by nine. And then every time you hit that threshold, the head goes.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's what Hydra does. Yeah. So it's kind of, kind of works out. Um, multiple opportunities. Every head has its own reaction uh, for a jaw strike or a fast swallow. No more than one reaction can be used for the same trigger, which is always very important. This means a single move action cannot trigger more than one reaction, even if it runs through multiple threatened squares. Something that's very important to remember um severed heads do not count toward reaction generation at the beginning of the next turn which is like they just have to specify that if you have nine heads you get nine reactions restored if you have eight you only get eight reactions restored
0: well that's also very important because if you Mm -hmm. regenerate a head on your turn it does reaction is not there back it's not there
1: until the start of the Yeah, so that
0: that becomes very mechanically important because um actions are doled out at the top of the round not mm-hmm. at the start of your turn.
1: Yeah. Um, and by the way, I'm not sure how I threw this up, but I'm just going to go back real quick. This is the creature that should have all around vision because <laughs> nine heads all around the body <laughs> cannot yeah. be flanked. Um, so that's important to note. But otherwise, that's it. That's the Oton troll. Actually reasonably simple in, in a way, but definitely dangerous and effective. Um,
0: yeah. I actually... I, th- I think mechanically, these are, these are pretty solid. There's not... Yep. Not a whole much to uh to, to go on for the Yotun. No. Uh, don't get in close. Um actually just don't engage.
1: Yeah, just don't just run just go. Just run the other way. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not worth it. It's just not worth it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that um, fast swallow reaction is uh not ideal.
1: Yeah. Very, very, very scary. Make sure you come ready for rupture with rupture weapons and opportunities from inside that belly and get yourself regurgitated as fast as possible. Yeah. Uh, that's what you want um but yeah that's it needs a vorpal yeah <laughs> For, and vorpal is a hot topic right now too i've uh, there was a recent post on reddit about someone asking they just like oh i'm playing i think it was blood lords we just hit 18 and i got a vorpal rune is it worth using um over say a greater flame or something like that and then some people started doing the math and were like whoa wait a second it's a level 17 rune um but it only triggers on a natural 20 not just a success. It's gonna be natural 20. It's a DC thirty-seven uh, fortitude save, which is the uh, base baseline for like a C- level sixteen wizard. Uh, but he got it at level eighteen, so it's like well, that's a that's a rather low DC for what you're looking at. Plus the reaction to activate it, plus the reaction has the incapacitation trait, um, which means. And then someone else at the math are like, oh yeah, a level uh, seventeen creature with an average low fortitude save. Is going to beat that 55% of the time. And, yeah. and that's like not even considering the uh the incapacitation. I was like, that's and everyone went, wow, the Vorpal root sucks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, damn, um, I just like holy shit. Um and yeah. so I I saw let's, another let's post like today. the homebrew, but yeah. <laughs> Vorpal's,
0: Vorpal's a weird one.
1: Yeah. All right, homebrew, yeah. The um so I, I i was quickly reading a, a new post like i think today uh on the said verbal thing and so obviously this isn't really applicable to uh trolls so much but i guess tangentially and someone suggested someone was just like can we just find a quick way to homebrew this and make it like reasonable any something simple we don't know if it's going to be touching the remasters and look like it and someone just said you know what just give it a baseline a, a grants rep up an additional 1d6 damage that way you get something out of it every time you hit and then from there at least you get the the, the possibility of the, you know and everyone's kind of like you know what that's a simple effective way of doing it keep it kind of the same way it is um and uh maybe that's a good way to do uh to go check reddit for for a, a thread on that i'm sure there'll be some cool ideas that roll through there uh if i can find the refine album we will place it into the into the notes here um the um the other thing that someone else pointed out to you, though is like famously the verbal weapon is the antithesis or the sort of nemesis of the Jabberwock, famous from the nonsensical poem Jabberwocky. And um, the Jabberwock has a stat block who, which it makes it afraid of verbal weapons. But the irony of it is that uh, the uh, Jabberwock is apparently one level higher than the verbal rune, which means it will always be in effect for, or it's a, a proper amount of higher, always be in effect for the incapacitation trait, which means it has less reason to be afraid of it. Which is kind of seems like a really big oversight, (laughs) you know, it's like, I know maybe you don't want the Jabberwock to always, you know, be getting its head chopped off and instantly killed. But isn't that kind of the point of the pairing? It's uh, it just seems a bit odd and not well thought out. And apparently it's not much better in 1E. So,
0: yeah, it's not. Um, yeah. So I, I come from the world of 5e As I'm sure all of our listeners know And I have given like 8th or ninth level players Vorpal weapons in 5e games Because mm-hmm. I have never thought They were as powerful as people think they are Like even right. in 5e you have to roll that natural 20 And you know you automatically cut off a creature's head Okay cool Here's a weapon that when it goes off It's going to make you feel like a hero But how often right. is it going to go off And in my games yeah. it, it hasn't
1: um, yes <laughs> yeah because like james gave us more war- weapons than then he then he all gave us weighted dies for the natural one <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah but, i mean
0: like i'm not saying be be f- uh frugal with your magic weapons because i i am yeah. i'm very very mm-hmm. generous with my magic stuff because i especially in 5e it's it's a game where you're where you're playing heroes you're supposed to feel like heroes so I want you to feel like heroes and yeah. having a weapon that just cuts shit's head off in one swing. That's, mm-hmm. that's a great way
1: to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really fun, but I've there never is a, felt yeah. like it's as powerful as it's supposed to be. Never. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it reminds me of, uh, a, one of the official one shots that you, you didn't play. I mean, you never really wanted to cause it's gunslinger focused and it's basically a, a zombie gunslinger left for dead kind of thing. And, uh, there is a, uh, for that one shot, there was an alternate rule where if you roll a natural twenty against one of the sort of baseline undead roaming around, it's a it's a headshot in an instant kill, which was just kind of it just was fun. It allowed you to like go up against hordes in a way if you wanted to take that approach and have the chance of those instant kills and those fun little moments. Right, it was all baked yeah. into this one little contained thing. But yeah, same idea, right? It's like I know if you're going to give me a verbal weapon, you're going to throw you're just going to throw a lot more smaller guys at me. Uh, and the, it's going to feel cool, but the encounter challenge hasn't changed. <laughs> not really. <Yeah.
2: laughs> you know, well, I'm,
0: I've always been a big proponent of the minion mechanic for that exact reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. just roll the hit. If you hit, it's dead. And I love yeah. that. Like, Describe your just many, many kills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so cool. Yeah. And I think I've always thought that that's an underused mechanic. Yeah. Um, maybe um, not necessarily with like swarms and stuff like that, but like. Sure, yeah. At level 10, well, throw a hundred goblins at your
1: players. And I mean a hundred. Why not? It's like, have fun with it. Uh, I have one final thing. I don't really have any personal uh, homebrews for these. I think they're just fun creatures. I think I'm happy with Trollvember. All in all, there's not much I'm stressed about here with these stat blocks. I have a really fun anecdote, again, no. from Gabe. Um, okay. If you'll allow me. Unless you have something you want to add in first.
0: I don't. Um, I I wish from some of the lore that we've gone over that trolls were a little more integral to the Galarian world. Right. Um, so lore wise, they're, they seem to be simultaneously relatively rare. And impressively common, at least in in the, the version of Galarian folklore. Yeah. So right. I, I'd like to see um, them used a little bit more often. So, like, right. let's include like a Galarian nursery rhyme or something like that, like our right. our you know, ring around the rosy. Yeah. Um, uh, that's that's the one about Chernobyl, right? Ring around the rosy, where all the kids. No, down.
1: it's about the Black Plague.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs>
1: Where all yeah, the kids so like, die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let, you got one part let, of it right. Let, let's see yeah, more of
0: those involved in Galarian lore, yeah. and I don't think two items is nearly enough for a creature that's so ubiquitous. It um, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a recall knowledge. Yeah, like I don't yeah. see why we don't yeah. have like a like a troll femur club that just heals itself. Like that's nothing. That is just I'm a with you on that club that, that cannot we... be broken
1: yeah we need more we need more troll alchemical items that's what we need because there was so much implication of that being the case and we just need more of those why not like there's no reason to not have them like homebrew some up if you need to but like just use the blood use the skin use the use the organs use the different things there were some cool ideas built in there that that were unexpected like a smoke bomb that made people enrage, you know? Like it's crazy. Yeah. Really
0: cool. Like, why isn't Troll yeah. Thigh part of a spell that, you know, like what is Never Ending <laughs> Feast? Is that, a, is that a spell in 2E? Um, uh,
1: rings a bell, yeah. But if it's like a spell like that why, like why offers isn't... regeneration or something, like, yeah. You know, yeah, they're offers, uh, um what is it, fast healing? You know, you would think yeah. that would be part um, of it, yeah. That being said, like, they're like, getting like rid never of ending spell water components skin. Sure. In the remaster. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. as
0: they should. Spell components are yeah. weird, and they've been they've been trash the past, since the too. '80s. But <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, what? Why isn't um? Why, why isn't there a never-ending water skin that's just a troll stomach? Like it just constantly regenerates right. that stomach acid. Um oh you know, that why, would be
1: why, neat yeah
0: yeah or like why why don't you have a steak mm. that you like it's never ending it's just constantly yeah. consuming itself because you're just constantly yeah. eating this this part of a troll thigh or something like that
1: or a body modification where you can have an alchemically treated troll liver inserted instead of yours and then you can do substance stuff for longer and harder yeah. the, the, <laughs> a, a
0: part of flesh warping that gives you like poison immunity because Because you've got poisonous diseases. and and addictions yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) why not yeah
0: yeah i'd like to see more stuff like that yeah but i mean that's obviously not paizo's current purview they need to build the world before they start building it out so
1: yeah yeah they've got other priorities there's sadly hundreds of other creatures (sighs) whatever um Let's, that's where uh, you
0: come in dear listeners <laughs> info at encounter with your homebrew troll items
1: <laughs> do it uh or as always hit up the discord we love yeah. chatting on the discord discord's always um, a great place yeah i'm gonna i'm actually gonna read you gabe's anecdote here uh verbatim uh he sent me two stories basically and one was the curse of the azure bonds i mentioned the pop culture uh, and that being his first experience so he went on to say this I've already told you about my first experience with Trolls, but the thing about first experiences is is you only get one of them. After I had been playing D&D for about five years, which in retrospect feels like nothing, but at the time I felt like a seasoned veteran, I began to feel like everything in D&D was kind of old hat to me and my group. We'd all read the DMG, the Dungeon Master Guide. We'd all read the Monster Manual. We all knew what magic items and spells and mechanics we should expect at a given level not that the game couldn't be exciting when you were when you knew what to expect but the only way you'd encounter a troll and not immediately do something to stop the regeneration is if you were intentionally playing a character who didn't know and you were willing to play suboptimally for roleplay purposes well that or the dm was using a half black Dragon war troll in order to create an encounter with a monster that simply couldn't be killed by damage. I've played in that encounter once or twice. <laughs> uh, it was around the time, this time, that I learned how powerful the art of reskinning could be and how it can be used to give the game its magic back. Uh, see, I knew that if I started an encounter in the sewers and I told the players, all right, 12 foot tall, green skinned humanoid shows up, it attacks you twice and then rends your flesh. When you slash with a sword, the wounds seemed to close up afterward. Then I knew all of the players would not, maybe not literally, but at least mentally, yawn, roll their eyes, and then start scanning their character sheets for sources of acid or fire damage. Nothing new, nothing exciting. So I ran an encounter in the sewers and used the stats for a troll. But instead of describing a troll, I described a 12-foot-long mutant alligator with two heads gnashing at anything in the considerable reach. Uh, when both heads bit down on a PC, they played tug of war and tore the target apart, dealing additional damage. The players attacked w- attacked it with various weapons, and the moment it stopped moving, they continued on their way. But then, what's this? A few paces down the passage, the same two-headed alligator burst out of the sewage, attacking again. The party fought it for a second time, eventually taking it back down. And then then they stuck around to observe it, which led to them realizing the reco- uh uh, to easily recognize that it was regenerating. So they tried a few different damage types, eventually landing on, you guessed it, acid and fire. Once the encounter was over, all the players were commenting and commenting on how interesting of a creature that was and that they were curious where I got the stat block or what, uh, or what templates I used. And just like that, the humdrum monster they'd seen a million times suddenly felt like something new and mysterious.
0: Yeah, I... I love that. Thank you, Gabe. Because I feel like this is Seriously. the tune I keep singing every episode. Just, <laughs> you know, do do a palette swap. Do do a yeah. reskin. Like you do not have to create monsters from scratch. And I, I you know, you can like mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. you can. But for the most part, what you're looking for already exists, just with a different different color on it. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many That's people's it. favorite Mortal Kombat carrier was Scorpion or Sub Zero or Reptile or Ermac or Noob, <laughs> and the list goes on. Scarlet, right. Frost and Jade, and like they're the same fucking character at the end of
1: the day. Same thing, yeah. But they somehow feel fresh with yeah. small changes in a new face, yeah. That's exactly um, it. A little bit of button mm-hmm.
0: changes and some different colors, like it's yeah, it, it is <laughs> insane how easily you can subvert expectations just by, in this case making it look like an alligator instead of making it look like a sign. like this is yeah this is a perfect example of of what we're saying and i I really appreciate we tend to
1: mention we don't like this mechanic change it this way add that in take that out uh yeah blah blah blah. but you know here's gabe with like i think the only real difference in mechanic he might have added is the two heads tugging at the same target to try and get the meal you know, you're not gonna get that it's in not, the, though. even in the two headed troll, it's just it's a the end. Right. It's just like exactly right. And it's it's but it's the it, everything is in the flavor and the template in the skin of said uh creature, and it created a whole new experience for him and his players. And that is such an underrated approach. Really, really cool. yeah um, but yeah. But
0: at the end of the day, it's just a it's just a more different reskin. Instead of cave and frost troll, it's yeah, troll and like hands to mouth. yeah Like it's yeah it's, it's cool. the same concept just applied differently and i mm-hmm. i ap- appreciate these more nuanced reskins more than i appreciate then oh it's blue it deals cold damage now. Mm-hmm.
1: okay and i love i love that i in the environment too i love the idea is like we've killed this two-headed alligator we're going down through the sewer some more and out pops a second one son of a bitch it's not though you know and you when you realize afterward you go oh damn we had to fight the same creature twice it feels like it makes you feel kind of dumb, but also you feel really good about discovering it. You know, it's like, oh, how, how did we not realize that? Like, obviously, there's multiple two-headed alligators down here. No, there isn't, you fools. <laughs> you know, it's just this great eureka moment. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just like a, a refresher. And Yeah, it's just it's great. Great stuff.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Keep and sure. I love that, that uh, <laughs> he was able to include the trope of alligators in the sewers from our world. I always I always love that urban yeah, legend. It's
1: so good. So yeah. good. Yeah. All right, but that's it. That's all I get. We've got. That's we've gone we've gone so long, so long. Oh jeez. Yeah. Troll Vember. That
0: is, is Troll Vember, <laughs> folks. Uh <laughs> that big is finest. thank you to Freeman for for running this. Huge thank you to Gabe for uh including those those anecdotes and those stories. And we want to hear from you. Originally there was a section of the show where we reached out to our audience members to look for stories like that. Um, But we realized very early on it spoils the episode coming out. So we kind of stopped doing (laughs) that. But that doesn't mean we don't want to hear these stories. We absolutely want to hear them. And that's one of the main Mm -hmm. reasons why we spun up that email so fast is Info at Encounter This is because we want you to tell us your long-winded stories. Yeah. We love reading that stuff. And we will come back and revisit it um, on the show or even in the Discord. Like, there's there's a huge community of people who love the homebrew section in the Discord. Yeah. Uh, So... If you don't want to shoot us an email, if, if you're from the future, pop over there and, and check that out. That is, again, unchartednorth.com backslash discord. Uh, all of our socials are linked in the description below in both the YouTube and the podcast version. If you're watching this on on uh, YouTube, um, if you could hit the bell, uh, subscribe, all that stuff to get notified when new episodes come out. If you're listening on uh, via audio, if you could rate and review on your platform of choice, Apple, Spotify, it all helps new people find us. If you really like the show and you want to help us make more of these or do larger suites or include some new stuff to it, uh, every little bit really does help. You can head over to Patreon.com backslash Uncharted North. $5 a month will get you a handwritten thank you letter and a themed, uh, some themed goodies, stickers, buttons, that kind of stuff. And for $10 a month, you can suggest a creature like our most recent creature wasn't part of the suite, the Nixie, the Skulltaker. We've done a couple of uh, a Patreon ones recently, yeah. and those are always a blast. Usually they take us down roads. We wouldn't go our
1: own yeah. way, which is right, yeah. always, always so much fun. It's always fun. to see some suggestions. Where we're like, try this. I'm like, the hell is that? Yeah, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, exactly.
0: Usually if, if a uh, listener suggests a creature, they give us some insight into why they suggested those creatures. And we can include yeah. that. And that always helps. We, we love having yeah. people part of the process like that.
1: And I know we have one kind of in the chamber, as it were too, that uh, it won't come out, I think, till February, March. I have it planned uh, around that time for a very specific reason. But Definitely. I'm looking forward to covering it. It's going to be really cool. That's
0: news to me, but that's that's great. Yeah. I'm glad he's got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you have an experience with trolls and you don't want to do any of those stuff, also, if you're on the YouTube, feel free to leave those in the comments below. I am trying to get better about checking those and, and responding to those. I'm just not a social media person. So yeah. having to force that into my daily life has been a struggle. But I really am trying to get better at it. So I know that that is part of the YouTube game, and I quite like making this video content for y'all. So,
2: mm.
1: Soup's fun. Soup's fun.
0: Yeah. So that'll be it for this week. We will see you again in uh, December, I guess, in yep. I don't know if it's going to be one week from now or two weeks from now, with our next most episode, which will decidedly not be troll-themed, though yes. it may or may not feature regeneration, because I don't know <laughs> what we're <you're> doing. <laughs>
1: We still have to figure that one out. Troll member was a lot of work alongside everything else. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. There's a
0: lot happening behind the <laughs> scenes for the Uncharted <laughs> North Network right now. So hold on to your yeah. butts for early 2024 because things are going to get. Uh, we're we're going to have some really cool stuff start dropping in, in January. Buckle up. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> As I said to the players on STT, buckle up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, Thanks everyone.
0: And we will see you again in December.
1: Until next time, creatures. Thanks, as always, for listening to Encounter This.